these infinity stones. Wait, look, I'm out of the weapons business. What are we watching? Case, how do we put a We haven't seen this before. This is new. Around the galaxy. I, what is you this? You can't tell me. There's not what? another big what? bad. What are they hiding from us? This was a erased episode. I don't know what's going on, but I don't remember this. This is not something that They've I've seen They've changed before. something. There's a glitch. There's a glitch. <laughs> we got to get out of here. We got to get out It's a glitch of the Matrix. I see the black cat. Welcome back to New Rockstars. Marvel Studios' What If Episode 9, the season finale. What if the Watcher broke his oath, breaks reality in all kinds of ways, including our reality, with a hint of a missing 10th episode from this season. What were Iron Man and Gamora and Itri doing on Nidavellir? What have they hidden from us? What, what the, the if? <laughs> this is Inside Marvel. It's our after show for Marvel's What If on Disney+. Plus. I'm Eric Voss. My breakdown of all the Easter eggs you missed from the season finale is coming to the channel tomorrow. But right now, to discuss this episode with me, MT, you have been chosen. Thank you, my brother Eric. Dude, this episode was crazy. That whole, that Killmonger twist, I don't understand what the Watcher was expecting out of Killmonger. You must know that Killmonger is not a good person. Why did you pick him for this team? I don't know. It just, well, I mean, it seems like that was part of his plan, yeah, right? To like he the had it all <laughs> planned out, man. 12 by 12 to the 12 power steps ahead of everyone. <laughs> Insane that this guy had this level of thinking. Ser I mean, if you have a head that big, Eric, I would expect that level uh -huh. of thinking. Like, come on, man. Yes, <laughs> that's true. Good point. Good point. Big head <laughs> I can't do that. I don't think I'm in the big head gang. This is you and Tommy. It's me, Tommy, and Watu. I'm, I'm the watcher to the big head gang. It's like, hi. Watching from I afar. Hang out with you guys. Hello. Waving through a window. Not interested. This finale picks up with Captain Carter in the present era, really following in the footsteps of Steve Rogers from the opening oh, yeah. sequence of Captain America the Winter Soldier against Batrock. Mm. Man, George St. Pierre getting those checks from Disney Plus. I love how he's just like, like, I'm so fast. I'm too fast. <laughs> too fast. Ha, ha I'm over here. Uh, but uh, Captain Carter gets recruited by the Watcher. He picks mm. his top six Pokemon battle lineup mm. that includes Star-Lord T'Challa, Gamora from some huh episode, Killmonger, Party mm. Thor, and Strange Supreme. And together mm. they are the guardians of the, mm. insert freaking here, multiverse. <laughs> Only he I love this moment. Frickin. I'm a sucker for any putting the gang together montage. Right, I like, do. So I love formulaic. a team. I love teams so much. Love this a good so team. Now they meet in Peggy's pub, and I love mm. this. There's something kind of uh, Agents of Shield about this, right? Oh like, yeah. Just hanging out in the bar, just like creating that out of nothing. Perfect. Right. Uh, and they devise this battle strategy against Ultron Infinity. Meanwhile, Killmonger forebodingly tinkers with an Ultron Sentry mm. head. Someone could have said, like, "Hey, can we get that away from him? <laughs> I don't know what he's doing with it, but I don't know that guy." And he's looking at it real weird. It's like, you uh, you like this a little bit too much. This is, uh, we're taking this away from yeah. you. Sorry. <laughs> so they wage war with Ultron Infinity and empty this battle rocks. It I really love does. this. I love Strange, it so much. Strange uses magic to armor up everyone. I'm like, oh, this is fun. I'm having fun. <laughs> uh, he creates duplicate Mjolnirs. And they all like, and one just kind of dinked, like the late oh one. Oh my God. Like literally <laughs> like. Them. Like battle on Titan vibes with this, like, yeah, hardcore. Yeah, uh, it was it was great, but it felt like another dimension to it because you can oh, use yeah. animation to do all kinds of crazy stuff. Not like mm -hmm. the you know 
with VFX, pretty much everything is animated in a sense, but uh, they just kind of went crazy with it. I enjoyed yeah. it. Uh, he rains <laughs> zombies, including zombie Wanda Maximoff on Ultron. Oh my that God, really I screamed when I saw her. I screamed. Yeah, I like it was just like a, a Sakaar trash dump uh, version <laughs> of that. Just all uh, pouring out World War Z mess Right, straight out of the devil's anus, right up to yeah, when. <laughs> like, where were they before that? Had had he gathered them all like in a, a big, um, like I think of Walking Dead at one point, they just kind of gathered all the walkers into just like a big pit of them mm -hmm. just to that's be like, exactly well, what happened let's just keep pushing them in here and hope <laughs> they don't get out now during this t'challa with his sticky fingers snatches the soul stone and they return mm. to ultron's original earth in new york city and they continue to fight and they're able to pin him long enough for gamora to use the infinity crusher to pulverize mm. the six stones but then suddenly infinity stone logic matters on this show so this doesn't work <laughs> Nah, we'll talk about it. And Black Widow plugs Ultron with that Zola AI arrow, and Zola neutralizes Ultron's AI. Now, why didn't the Watcher recruit Black Widow if she had this ace in the hole to begin with? Yeah. I don't know. This was part of his plan. Everything was part of his plan. <laughs> it had Just to happen. Don't question that way. <laughs> it. It had to happen specifically that way. Um, and then Killmonger. Man, that asshole. Huge asshole. He's always looking out for himself, 100%. He uses that sentry head. I guess it still has some of Ultron's consciousness in it, so he can still mm. have access to the Infinity Stones, use the Reality Stone to assemble his new Killmonger Infinity Suit. Mm. Uh, and he offers to right all the wrongs in the multiverse, but then Zola's AI awakens in the Synthozoid's tummy. Mm, Finally get that Zola! Zola. Classic Zola! Zola! Classic! Classic! <laughs> I'm so happy uh, that we got that. It was so I satisfying. I know, that was wonderful. <laughs> uh, and then the two of them tug a war over the stones, but that is what the Watcher wanted. So he and Strange Supreme trap them in a pocket reality, and it leaves Strange to just kind of hang out and watch this snow globe for all of eternity. Seriously, kind of messed up. Kind of messed up, but okay. I mean, at least give him like a sofa to sit on. Seriously, you know? he's just standing there. It's like, all right, thanks. I'm just going to hold this forever. <laughs> like a Disney Plus bundle, you know, so we could just have something else to kind of watch Seriously. in the background. Like, come on, yeah. Watcher. Rude. So the Warriors return to their home realities, except Black Widow. She goes to that episode three, Avengers List reality, to help Captain America and Captain Carter defeat Loki on a helicarrier. Meanwhile, mm. back in Captain Carter's reality from the beginning of the episode, Natasha reveals Batroc was after the Hydra Stomper armor from the first episode with mm. someone inside. <gasps> Probably Skinny Steve. We'll talk about what that is. But at the moment, honestly, most of my questions about this mystery lost episode about Gamora and Iron Man and Sakaar. You mean to tell us there's one universe where Tony Stark actually lives? Huh? <laughs> Thank God. But what happened there? Why was this episode removed? That will be our main uh, question for this episode. But you are running out of time to grab a What If Latest Obsession shirt on NewRockStarsMerch.com. They are close to running out of stock. And when they're gone, they will be locked in the blue dungeon forever. forever. There's also a shirt inspired by Let There Be Carnage. And a few of the Shang-Chi latest Obsession shirts remaining. So if you buy one of the latest Obsession shirts, you will get the option to leave a custom shout-out that will run during the bottom of Inside Marvel episodes. Mm. William asks, will the TVA get flooded with Nexus events during the Ultron-Uatu fight as they break through each <laughs> universe? Good question. Where was the TVA in all this? Seriously. Ah! They're just, I hope that they were just watching. It's like, hey, well, this is like, we've never seen this before. Let's just see how this plays out. <laughs> 
I mean, maybe they'll watch her. The fact that he was able to patch it all up. The TVA is mm. like, no, no, no. Uh, we got a guy on the inside. He's going to make sure it's all okay by the end of it. This was all part of the sacred timeline that the watcher was able to, 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 to. Uh, well, Leah asks, since Christine Palmer's death is an absolute point, does that mean she will die in Multiverse of Madness? Well, it depends on if you see absolute points as being absolute to their own timelines or to all timelines. I've made the argument that Tony Stark's death is absolute in all timelines, uh, whereas other absolute points could just be absolute to their own timelines. Uh, so I could see Christine Palmer surviving in Multiverse of Madness. Yeah, I think that that absolute point was just for Strange Supreme's universe and not yeah. a constant. Uh, and then Ryan asks, what if Eric was Thanos? Well, I wouldn't be able to strike the booty poses that <laughs> I doubt that, Eric. I think you could do it. You could do I it. I tried. I pulled things. Bro, and I realized 100 the squats a day, and you'll be there by February. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> pass. Pass. Big pass. I wouldn't do that shit either. Big pass. Well, what's our big question coming out of this episode, MT? Well, Eric, what if there was a missing 10th episode of this season of What If? Okay, yeah, so before this season began, the episode number at the last minute was adjusted from 10 episodes to 9 episodes. They said mm. one episode was being moved to the second season. Producers right. said COVID made it so that one episode wouldn't be ready in time. I don't believe that because mm. you can socially distance produce animation with minimal delays. There is an adjustment that has to be made, but like it seems like they were working on all these episodes throughout 2019 before COVID anyway. Mm. Like we saw a teaser for what these episodes were going to be. They totally could have gotten this done especially since the first episode of the show came out on august 11th you right. know you have time until october 6th mm. uh i think there might have been something that ended up overlapping with something that will come out in the movies and they right. didn't want to, probably that's my guess or they're like no we want tony stark to die in every episode <laughs> I, honestly, I think those are two very good points, I, especially the Tony Stark one, because the Tony Stark dying in pretty much every one of his appearances is too much uh -huh. of a coincidence to be ignored. So, like, the fact that they, they probably were just like, hey, Tony Stark survives in this universe, that doesn't really jive with the theme of this show. So let's just right. <laughs> push this on over to season two. <laughs> well, let's talk about what we think this episode was. It now appears that, that episode was going to be titled, What If Gamora Killed Thanos? Uh, now, as the Watcher goes to recruit the heroes of the past episodes to his team, he travels to Nidavellir, where Itri is melting the Infinity Gauntlet in his forge, and he's joined by Gamora, who is carrying Thanos' double-bladed sword that we saw in Endgame, and Tony Stark, who's wearing, it looks like, Hulkbuster armor decorated with Sakaar art, mm. and the Watcher greets her as Gamora, survivor of Sakaar and destroyer of Thanos. Now, we were all checking our notes during this moment, momentarily <laughs> thinking that Doctor Strange might have Mandela affected us, but no. In fact, we never saw this episode, and the question is now is when and how did Gamora defeat Thanos? Mm. Why is Iron Man with her? So Thanos had the Infinity Gauntlet, which means this was relatively recent, like right as he began his stone quest, sometime between 2015 and 2017. But right. weirdly, in the shot, Ichri still has his hands. Now, in the films, when Thanos forced Itri to forge the gauntlet, he cut off his hands. He cast the stumps in Uru so he could never make anything else. Right. So this must be some alternate series events altogether. Or Itri lied about what Thanos did to him. And he tripped <laughs> in the forgery. And he fell into some hot pokers. And he's like, ah! And then he dips his hands in Uru. He's like, that's not water. And he's like, mm, well, blame Thanos. 
I'd like to think it was a flurkin that just scratched his hands up, like yeah. the whole Nick Fury twist. Oh, oh, oh <laughs> nuts! I can't even snap. Now, based on all the evidence we saw here, I could see a few ways this missing episode went. So okay. um, maybe, perhaps, Hulkbuster Tony, not Hulk. Hulkbuster Tony from Age of Ultron ended up on the Quinjet to Sakaar at the end of that movie. And then Hulkbuster Tony Stark becomes the Sakaar Gladiator champion. And oh then my God, I would love Thor to see that episode, my dude. Oh my God, right. that'd be so much fun. Like we just got to fast track throughout <laughs> all the events of Thor Ragnarok. And then like uh, Tony Stark jumps from the from the Grandmaster's ship to the Bifrost Bridge, thinking mm. he could do that Avengers move and his Hulkbuster armor could uh, <laughs> assemble around him, but it doesn't in time and he just like <laughs> flattens on the bridge. <laughs> and maybe it would have been Tony who ended up in Thor's place floating through the space when he ran into the Guardians at the beginning of Infinity War. And it was him who joined forces with Gamora to stop Thanos from acquiring the rest of the stones. And then maybe Gamora's dagger to the neck move could have worked this time. And then wow. just because they had the brilliant Tony Stark with them, they were able to get ahead of the game a bit sooner before Thanos was able to quickly gather everything. Bro, um, that Hulkbuster Tony on Sakaar thing sounds extremely likely to be. That's a really good idea. I think idea. that's <laughs> got to be a part of it, right? But there's also like weirdness. Like why is Gamora, just why is Gamora? We can stop the question. Why right there, is Gamora? <laughs> why is Gamora? But why is she there? And I mm. think maybe there was another wrinkle to this where Thanos could have sacrificed Nebula on Vormir instead of Gamora. Mm. Like Thanos decided, you know what? I actually love this uh, android uh, <laughs> daughter who I severely abused. I kind of love her a bit more. And then mm. maybe he was able to use Nebula to get the Soul Stone. And mm. then uh, that left Gamora alive to join Tony and the others to fight Thanos. And this time, Peter Quill wouldn't have been grieving so he wouldn't have punched Thanos out of that mantis trance and they could have wriggled the gauntlet mm. off Thanos's hand from there and then use the infinity crusher and then just melted the gauntlet as we see them do. Uh, because it's just weird that Gamora is alive here. Uh, right. it, this would have happened earlier than mm. than the Sakaar events on Ragnarok, it sounds like. Because why would yeah. you visit Sakaar another time? Um, and there's also, like, I don't know, maybe since episode two showed the Grandmaster's ships in the Collector's Vault, maybe there's some universe where these two elders traded, like, made some kind of trade, and the Reality Stone ended up on Sakaar, and that's why Thanos targeted Sakaar instead. Mm. There's just like a lot of different possibilities here, oh, but I yeah. think there's some version of the events where Tony Stark at the end of the events of Age of Ultron, right around the time when Thanos said, fine, I'll do it myself, somehow through some kind of accident, ended up on Sakaar and kind of followed the path of, of Hulk from those events where he was off world. Yeah. You could also imagine Tony Stark was not on Earth during Civil War. That's an interesting thing to explore. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, but then at the same time, Thanos sacrificed uh, Nebula instead of Gamora. Mm. And I think those two things came together to produce what we saw at the end of this episode. Uh, and I assume some kind of combination of everything we've talked about hopefully will be when we see this episode in season two. But the weird thing is now that this Gamora was already pulled for the Guardians of the Multiverse finale, will this Gamora episode even matter to what happens in season two? Well, mm. maybe because Tony hinted at some other big bad lurking in the shadows, a monster under the bed. Almost sounded like they got Mick Wingert to kind of like do some last minute audio add in there because like, why is Tony suddenly so freaked out over this? Like you would right? think like, why can't he just like melt this thing and just be happy uh, the way everyone else <laughs> is just kind of like, haha, done with my thing. Like right. the fact that he's suddenly so freaked out about this, it seemed like they sandwiched in a, a kind of fear for something beyond to justify them bringing this into season two. Mm. Who do you think that next bigger threat could be, MT? 
Oh, that's a good like, question. Like, how do you Eric. top Ultron Infinity? <laughs> no, that's a really good question because, like, we still haven't seen the tentacle monsters. I thought that we would have the whole tentacle yeah. monster payoff Me in too. this finale, but we haven't seen them pop up since, you know, really since that first episode. I think that maybe that mystery 10th episode was going to be like, oh, and then the tentacle monsters that we brought up. And, like, that's the mystery threat. But they were like, you know what? Let's just save that for season two. Like, we don't need to tease it. Like, let's just let this end on like a good note or like a a, a a pretty positive note with the whole Peggy and and Steve thing, like sort of mirroring the end game ending. Maybe like they didn't know if they were going to do a season two, like, cause this, this was very much an experimental show. Sure. So maybe they were just like, Hey, like, let's not tease something if we're not really guaranteed, if we're going to have a season two. Uh, I think like they very likely could come back on this series. Um, mm. In terms of like a big bad, like to top infinity Ultron, you kind of need to have something with more of a face, more of a a, a personality. Uh, and some people are talking about Galactus or Kang. You know, I think Kang mm. is obviously going to be a major threat to the whole MCU. Oh, for sure. Specifically to What If, though, they can really get specific with the toy box mm. and play with really anyone. Like, Ultron Infinity is really, they just took an old villain. And they're like, but what if he had this? So they can <laughs> do that with any of their past villains, conceivably. Mm. Um, I am wondering if, like, the bigger threat we're going to see is like the council of watchers, you know, like mm. it seemed like the question of this episode is what if the watcher broke his oath and right. we didn't really see any consequences for him for breaking his oath. This is true. He seemed to kind of just get away with exactly what his plan was. And then it's like, well then why didn't you interfere earlier? Why didn't you interfere more and, and Seriously. recruit more badasses from the multiverse? Is there really no one left? You can't tell me that there's no one left. There's gotta be someone. Adam Warlock is somewhere. I, I really wanted them to get into the past of the Watcher and like why he watches. This episode was literally called why, like what if the Watcher broke his oath? It's just kind of weird that we didn't see the motivations behind the Watcher in this episode. But I mean, there's always season two, but. I got enough to like know why he would do what he's doing. Like clearly he right. cares a lot about the the balance of the multiverse and he wants to keep it, it intact as much as he can. Uh, mm -hmm. But just specifically that oath in the title of this episode, I think that's what we'll explore in season two. It's kind of like the way mm -hmm. what we do in the shadow season one ended and he realized that they're part of like this network, this bureaucracy <laughs> of vampires, right? They had this trial and that's kind of how they heighten it is like you realize, mm -hmm. oh no, there's like a layer of bureaucracy to this. It's basically how Loki is like the Loki method too of like all these actions are taking place within a framework of people doing paperwork, you know? Uh, <laughs> And to me, that's what I find most amusing because it's the way you also ground things at the same time because we all have to like wait in lines at DMVs and shit. We can right. relate with that more easily when you try to heighten things. Um, so that's my hope. I would hope that we uh, heighten by going more mundane. And by doing so, you can also just heighten the stakes of everything. <laughs> True. And I guess Infinity Stones already don't matter and they matter as much as you want them to. So who cares? <laughs> They're plot stones. Um <laughs> But no, I think I, I I would really love if in season two we got a conversation between the Watcher and Mordo because Mordo is all about like the the bill coming due and like you know the price needing to be paid. Yeah, and the Watcher did violate his oath, and so I wonder if there was going to be a price there on a multiversal scale. So I, I hope that we do see uh, Chiwetel Ejiofor or a Chiwetel Ejiofor impressionist Chiwetel Ejiofor. Um, coming yeah. in um, to, <laughs> to voice him. 
Yeah, Chiwetel and uh, Groot and Rocket. Uh, mm. Characters that it's like, I could have used a bit more of you guys somewhere. Oh, absolutely. Like, it's just so weird that we just didn't get more Rocket. Like, specifically Rocket. Or in Groot, because like, they're just so easy to, They're, know, they're so replace. easy to plug in anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I could have like... used a, a, a bit less of, like, non-Date Batista Drax and non-Brie uh, Larson, <laughs> Captain Marvel in the show. And just like maybe one more episode of some of those guys. If you're right? going to use voice actors to replace them anyway, I feel like an I am Groot impression. You don't need Vin Diesel to do that. Unless he has it in his contract. He's like the only people who say I am <laughs> Like, I'm sure you have enough recordings at this point to just shove them in. Like, an no, I am not Groot Vin thing. Diesel. Vin Diesel writes his contracts a quarter page at a time. He's very careful about what, how his stuff is used. And there's no way you're going to bring in his audio again without him getting a paycheck. True. The Oscar performance. Uh, <laughs> yeah, clearly. Well, before we continue, it's fun to watch What If episodes, but even Uatu doesn't like watching one thing, a mm. growing credit card balance. Upstart can help lift that burden. Upstart is a fast and easy way to pay off your debt with a personal loan all online. Whether it's paying off credit cards, consolidating high interest debt, or funding personal expenses, over half a million people have used Upstart to get a simple fixed monthly payment. Unlike other lenders, Upstart looks at more than just your credit score, like your income, your employment history. That means they can offer smarter rates with trusted partners. With a five-minute online rate check, you can see your rate up front for loans between $1,000 and $50,000. You can receive funds as fast as one business day after accepting your loan. Find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com marvel. That's upstart.com marvel. Don't forget to use our URL to let them know that we sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit income and certain other information provided in your loan application. Go to upstart.com marvel. Also, it's fall and Halloween is right around the corner. That means it's time to watch some scary movies. Well, there's no better place to do that than on Shudder, the Netflix of horror. You can stream great thrillers, horror, and suspense for $5.99 a month or $56.99 per year. Shudder has the largest, fastest growing curated selection of thrilling and dangerous entertainment. Stream on Apple and Android, Xbox, or however you watch your content. It's ad-free, and they have an excellent mix of classics and new stuff and some unexpected surprises, all presented in an uncluttered interface. I really love browsing through Shudder. It's just like, I'm in the mood to be scared right now. Ooh, they got <laughs> everything I could possibly want to be scared by. Uh, now, around the office, we all have our favorites on the platform, including Train to Busan, Mandy. We got Team The Wailing. We got Team Classic Poltergeist. I mean, that's me, right? <laughs> They're here. Oh, I love it. I'll watch it every year. Uh, we actually watched Poltergeist on a New Rockstars retreat last October. We got to do another one of those retreats, MT. We're going to drag you somewhere to a cabin <laughs> in the middle of the Southern California desert and make you watch a scary movie. You're going to make me scared. Ah, I don't know if I can handle it, but I'm ready. Oh, you're ready. Uh, they have a great collection of uh, exclusive and original programming. Our editor, Drew, is a huge fan of the Joe Bob Briggs Last Drive-In series. They got a new special airing this week. Get started streaming the best horror, thriller, and supernatural content. Shudder's expertly curated collection includes must-see titles like Vicious Fun, The Mortuary Collection, and PG Psycho Goreman, plus all the best horror documentaries in the hit Creep Show TV series from executive producer Greg Nicotero of The Walking Dead. So, to try Shudder for free for 30 days, go to Shudder.com and use the promo code ROGUE. That's S H U D D E R.com, promo code ROGUE. And, guys, there's nothing sexier than confidence, and Blue Chew can help give you the confidence where it counts on your, on your dick. 
And the penis, uh, yes, yes. The penis one. <laughs> Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. The process is simple. Sign up at bluechew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive a prescription within days. And the best part, it's all done online. So no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Bluetooth tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet package. So if you could benefit from some extra confidence when it's time to perform, Bluetooth can help you. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Bluetooth free when you use our promo code Inside Marvel at checkout. Just pay the $5 in shipping. That's Bluetooth.com promo code Inside Marvel to receive your first month free. Visit Bluetooth.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank Bluetooth for sponsoring this episode. All right, MT, back to this finale discussion. What if Skinny Steve is still alive? in that Hydra Stomper in the post credit scene. What do you think they could set up for season two? <laughs> I love how the, the, the season ended like this, because I was like, I, what if it's like the corpse of Skinny Steve just in this armor? Skeleton. <laughs> Beetle coming out of his eye hole. He's like, I got a gift for you, bestie. It's your ex-boyfriend, kind There's of. There's someone it's... inside. <laughs> She's Tattered all excited. Like, skin Yay! stretched across bones. <laughs> Now you can bury him yourself. I was like, oh, thank you, Black Widow. And then uh, Captain Britain is like, why did you think I would want this? And then <laughs> like, Black why? Widow's like, that's how I grieve with my dead loved <laughs> Look, here's my mama. Here's my papa. I found right? them in an unmarked grave at a chain link fence in Russia. They still love me. Thanks, Daddy Ivan. <laughs> this is how everyone reunites with their loved ones, no? Is this uh -huh. not? <laughs> that would be the episode of what if I want to see. Right. But like, no, I find it really like interesting about the fact that Skinny Steve could still be alive in this universe somehow. And like, it's yeah. probably going to have to do with like the whole Winter Soldier parallels. Like he maybe he got frozen mm. somehow mm. or like maybe like he was trying to get Peggy back. And so he was working together with Howard Stark to like go through portals and like try to, you know, find Peggy. So like maybe this is just a Steve that just fa finally found his way back to the proper timeline where his boo thing is. I like the idea you brought up the Winter Soldier thing. Maybe we're going to see Winter Soldier Steve Rogers and that like mm. the Hydra Stomper was taken by Hydra and that was used as his like cryo cell to kind of rejuvenate him every time to send him mm. back out on deployment. Now he would still be skinny Steve. I mean, I don't know. Maybe he was like he was basically immortalized in some way with some kind of de-aging serum, but he has to stay in this winter, this Hydra Stomper armor as kind of an iron lung. Like there was, uh, who was uh, Tony Stark's brother in the comics who had to be like in an iron lung that was like Howard and Maria's Ooh. first kid? Arno, Arno Stark? Stark? Yeah. Yeah. Like maybe that's kind of the direction they go with Skinny Steve is he's just basically, mm. he's super powerful because he's always in this armor, but he can never leave it. And he's this tragic figure. I mean, it would make it kind of dark for Blackwood to be like, there's someone inside. <laughs> be like, it's gonna be really freaking dark for you guys. Right. I didn't read the, the product label when I <laughs> cracked open but this crate. What's really weird is that Black Widow was trying to set up Peggy at the beginning of this episode, which she knew. Right. Bernard in accounting. <laughs> Bernard in accounting. Like she knew that she had this special gift for Peggy. Like, why are you? You doing that why are you trying to set her up when you well when maybe hooping? behind that armor bernard in the county comes out with some powers <laughs> like hello would you like to look at some spreadsheets captain Carter? it's all just one big elaborate ploy between black yeah. uh, black widow and bernard to finally get got the dud. 
It's the Simpsons bit. She got the dead. <laughs> Slow smile. That'd be so funny if, if she was just trying to set up Peggy. That'd be so funny. Sorry, I know it's like, <laughs> I don't know why I'm crying. Bernard, what were you doing at this crate the whole time? Oh, just playing the solo version of Wingspan. <laughs> Another plug for the greatest board game of all time, Winks. Oh my god, I'm literally crying. I don't know why I thought that was such a funny scenario. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, let's talk about Zola. Empty, what if Zolatron, that's what I'm calling him, and Killmonger Infinity ever escaped from Strange's Supreme Pocket reality? It seemed like that was the implication. If he ever takes his mm. eye off the ball at one point, these two are going to crack out of that egg and then go fart everywhere. So what do you think is going <laughs> to happen if these two ever, ever escape? Do you think they'll ever escape? Oh yeah, they're definitely going to escape like they're not just going to stay in that prison forever and i think that how they escape is that they're probably going to work together because zola and killmonger are very two conniving people and so they're probably going to be like you know what why are we even fighting you know you seem like a a very smart brown man we could team together <laughs> and take over the the multiverse and killmonger's gonna be like what you mean by brown man? and then they're not gonna work together <laughs> yeah they we'll take immediate defense to that <laughs> You're mean, bro. Oh yeah, I you're don't from want to the 1950s. <laughs> can I get a different? Can I get a different partner? You wouldn't want to trade with me. This racist <laughs> Swiss is trying to team up with me, and I don't want to do it. But no, but no, seriously. Uh, Zola and Killmonger are probably going to end up like striking a truce and then working together to burst their way out of the bubble. And then Strange Supreme is going to be like, "Oh, we have a problem. Uh, they're back and they're working together, and the multiverse is in trouble, and so they're going to have to make a bigger." Guardians of the Multiverse team. So that's what yeah. I think. But what do you think? MT, remember during Falcon Winter Soldier episode one, there was that Swiss bank, and we we're like, that's where Zola keeps his soul. And we got so excited. <laughs> yes. Just based off of a Swiss bank. <laughs> there is a forgotten past. No, I think so. I think it's a matter of time. I think what we'll see is every season, they'll probably add a new multiversal threat to this pocket reality to just be mm. trapped in this like Voldemort, Harry, uh, wand connection moment. <laughs> <laughs> and just keep adding people to it until it becomes a Pandora's box and they all get out. Like that's going to be their version of Ravencroft or Arkham. You know, you just keep throwing people in there and eventually they all get out. I think that's like, what if in that scenario, like what if the watcher does that and he shoves a bunch of people in this prison and then strange is like, Oh yeah, it's totally fine. I'll just watch this. And then he just goes, nom, 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 nom. cause he, cause he loves it. to eat all these that like dimensional the beings. Love stuff. That was and insane. So, it's just so, I feel like he would do that. I feel like he would just totally eat those prisoners and be like, Oh, you guys yeah. seem like a delicious power meal. Cause you know, strange <laughs> Supreme is technically Still a villain. Like I do not trust that man at all. Yeah. Even though That's right. he was on the side of good, he he's very much a greedy magician. So well, he had the squid monster him. come out of his hand, and then they're like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, what just happened? <laughs> what was that? Like, I'm, good. Like, oh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm totally fine." <laughs> and, and then he used it to you know fight giant Infinity Ultron. But mm. like, I want to see more come out of it. That's not good, you know. Yeah, I want to see more consequences. Well, before we continue, our friends at Audible would like to remind you to listen to the Sandman Act Two on Audible right now. The next part to the number one New York Times bestseller, The Sandman, is available for your listening pleasure. Enter the dreaming again and journey into the world of myths, imagination, and terror based on the DC graphic novels written by the great Neil Gaiman. The epic voice cast is led by James Mack 
McAvoy as Morpheus, Lord of Dreams, and includes Brian Cox and Kat Demings, John Lithgow, Jeffrey Wright, and so many more. The blockbuster audio adaptation is the greatest epic in the history of comic books, continues and it expands into the French Revolution and ancient Rome, 19th century San Francisco, 8th century Baghdad, and beyond. It's Never only a dream. So go to audible.com slash dreaming and listen now. So MC, we got to talk about the watcher this episode. Mm. Did, what if the watcher actually planned everything as he seems to have? Why didn't he recruit heavier hitters? And what mm. consequences will he have to face to the other watchers? Oh man, that's a really good question because like, you know, he recruited these specific people when he definitely could have recruited like a Captain Marvel or something like a, or maybe even like, uh, there's like a multiverse full of destroyer armors. I don't know why right. he just didn't go for that. But anyway, yeah, yeah. So I think that he like he very much had the specific vision in mind ever since, you know, he was watching a Nat and Clint, you know, pick up like those files in that in that little uh, KGB area. He was like, right. you know what? Like, this is the specific path. I need these specific players. Yeah. So I think I knew, he knew exactly what he needed to do because he's, he's a very efficient person. He has a big brain. You got to remember that. And I feel like having heavier hitters would probably attract Ultron. Because, like, if you had, like, you know, like a, a surging power source that is, like, Captain Marvel on this planet, I feel like Ultron would have been like, what's going on here? Hmm, a lot faster than he did. Because he, he did end up fighting them. Yeah, I, I think specifically they needed, uh, like, I, I don't think he planned his team before Ultron Infinity arrived. I think clearly mm. he was caught off guard by that. And then that plan formed with him and Doctor Strange at the end of episode eight. I think that's when he started playing everything out, uh, including who he would invite and why he needed this specific team. I right. think he needed uh, people, like a mix of people who could be just, you know, uh, directed chaos the way Party Thor is. Uh, he needed some more tactical uh, sticky finger snatchers like T'Challa. <laughs> and I think he needed someone who could rival uh ultron infinity uh mm -hmm. he needed like zola to detach the the mind from him but it needed to happen at the same time that killmonger would be right there and could just be just as uh power hungry as ultron is mm -hmm. and the two of them could just kind of neutralize each other in this pocket reality so I i'm gonna have to spend some more time thinking about each step of the plan but i think the end goal was he needed killmonger's selfishness right mm -hmm. uh and he needed zola to be part of it what's still kind of hard for me to imagine right now is why didn't he just bring natasha there sooner to plug in right. that thing because it seems like there was just a lot of steps like ultron got back the soul stone at that point my only thinking is like there needed to be a first wave so that ultron felt confident in this moment mm. and started to glow bright so that someone specifically on their home turf in this case wanda maximoff could get the the jump on him and then mm. plug it in there that's that's the only thinking i would have there but like clearly the failure of the infinity crusher was part of that plan like, they needed to basically have Ultron feel like he won the first round so that he felt like, this is the best you got, and then <laughs> someone could sneak up behind and get him. But it does sound like a lot of steps. I'll agree. 5D chess. I feel like a lot of the times with the Infinity Stones in, in various, you know, universes, whether it's the, the comics or animated, it's the, the hubris of the wielder that ends up being the downfall of the, the, the Infinity Stone wielder. Exactly. Pride goeth before the fall. The fall. <laughs> uh, but uh, let's end on this question about the Infinity Stones. Let's just take a step back and react mm. to the way what if use the Infinity Stones throughout the episodes. And then in this final episode, there's this little moment mm. where Gamora goes, oh, right. 
Infinity Stones only are unique to their own home reality, so the Infinity Stone Crusher won't work against Ultron's mm. Infinity Stones uh, because it's from my past reality, not this one. Cool, I wish you were saying that the whole time. But then, <laughs> like, there was a moment where Doctor Strange uses the Time Stone, his Time mm. Stone, against Ultron, who has his own Time Stone. So clearly they're saying that, like, stones can coexist mm. in the same reality and both have power, yet... They never unwind anything the mm. way that the reality or the way that the time stone is supposed to. I think that was their line. Like they can be big energy blasts, but the specific uses of the stones outside of their home <laughs> realities, we're just not going to cross that line because we don't want to create mm. too many questions. But like, I'm thinking, why not? You know, if you're going to decide they don't matter, why not just say like, I'm going to unwind you. No, I'm going to unwind you. And then at some point they just kind of unwind each other. And then the two time stones are just kind of locked like two Rubik's cubes trying to solve each other. You know, they're just Ooh. floating off on the side, fighting each other, like, you know, just their own side battle. Uh, there's all kinds of crazy things you can do to follow that narrative thread. Uh, mm. But you got to ask the question. I think the Infinity Stones in this episode um, are variants of each other. And like Ultron's Infinity Stones are variants of Doctor Strange's Infinity Stone, his Time Stone. And so right. the reason why Gamora's Infinity Crusher didn't work against Ultron's Stones is because probably like the on a molecular level, they're just different. And like it takes different amounts of force to take them down. And so, like, maybe, like, it, we see this in the battle between Wanda and Ultron briefly in this episode. Like, Wanda was supposed to have the ability to destroy the stones in our universe. That's but right. because this was, was a Wanda from a different universe than Ultron, maybe, like, the, the I don't know, the on a molecular level, things are different. And so, so like, well, you can't destroy them, but, like, you can use Infinity Stones in any universe that you want, but, like, the process of destroying them is going to be different because it's a different even though the two like two time stones could look the same they're different on the inside yeah no I, I think you're right i think that is the show's rule i just think it's a flawed piece of logic to suggest that mm. you can use them in alternate universes without blinking mm. an eye but you cannot destroy them you know it's like they can either exist or they can't exist and i think mm. that's the kind of line the show has walked and saying it doesn't matter but every time you say like it doesn't matter like nothing is has been more debated in the marvel cinematic universe than like what exactly the infinity stones are the mm. the first era of the movies was called the infinity saga these are the core things and these marvel filmmakers and kevin feige did such they worked so hard to make them so specific like the entire movie of avengers endgame is built around this logic of when stones can be brought back and how mm. they have to be destroyed how they have to be returned to maintain the sacred timeline Loki right. was even very specific about, you know, them not mattering for this show, at least in the boundaries of the TVA. But then to right. go back in different realities and say, like, no, none of those rules apply. It's like, you don't have to bring up the Infinity Stones at all in What If, you know? There's plenty of stories you could tell that don't at all bring in the Infinity Stones. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Like You it's don't very... have to bring them on screen. It is very interesting that they decided to make the Infinity Stones the focus of this season when... Marvel Studios is very much moving past the Infinity Saga. Right. Um, but, you know, but then again, this is what if, and it does go throughout the timeline of our, it very much relies yeah. on the past 10, 11 years of the MCU. Clearly the producers of what if said that the only way to make Ultron a Nexus being is by giving them all six Infinity Stones, but there's plenty of other ways he could have been. So many different threat. ways. 
than oh, just yeah. giving him the six infinity stones. If anything, that's like a new rule you're establishing that infinity mm. stones make you a nexus being if you have all six of them. I buy it. Mm. I bought it in past episodes. I just get a little confused when Gamora just says, oh, the infinity stone crusher doesn't work now. Like, <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> now? Now you decide this logic matters? It just feels a little cheap. And mm. uh, I, I like, but I, overall, I still really love the series. I just wish they didn't hold themselves down with these little moments, you know? Mm. Like, just go crazy with it. The way in episode four, like with Doctor Strange, like, yeah, the time stone was being used for all kinds of crazy stuff, but they didn't like mm. ever, I mean, they had uh, absolute points, right? I guess that was their one restriction, but it had narrative weight to it. Like right. we saw the heartbreak of what an absolute point did. And we saw the consequences of breaking an absolute point here. It was just kind of brought up as like, we're in the middle of inception and inventing new rules just to create <laughs> obstacles for ourselves. No, I definitely agree with you there. And like, hopefully in season two, like the logic will be a little bit more ironed out. I think they could just decide either the logic does matter or it doesn't matter, right? But you just have mm. to stay true to the logic within your own series. The way Loki seemed to be at odds with the, the logic of some of the other MCU titles, like Avengers mm. Infinity War, but it stayed true mostly to its own logic throughout those six episodes. That's all we really need. And then afterwards, as we go on to a new title, we can figure out what pieces of that logic matter to this world. Uh, but when the logic changes mid-play like that, it can feel a little mm. like whiplashy. But overall, I'm super appreciative of this series. I think it was really fun. I thought it created Mega these fun. interesting character combinations. The the Guardians of the Multiverse, I think, is one of the more exciting teams to watch. Like, it, it, I agree with you. It did feel like uh, the Avengers versus Thanos on Titan, but just mm -hmm. even more of that. And we got to see more <laughs> moves. I, I thought it was super fun to watch. Especially that Mjolnir multiplying move. I love yeah. that so much. I had to so replay great. it. I was like, oh my God, this is so cool. I love it. Uh, and it'll give us endless stuff to talk about as we look ahead to future Marvel titles, Multiverse of Madness, yes. Doctor, uh, Doctor Strange's next battle. And then, uh, of course, Spider-Man No Way Home and Hawkeye and all these great things we're excited for. And we will be here for all of it. Inside Marvel isn't going anywhere. We will still be here every single week talking about the biggest Marvel news, uh, unwinding and unpacking stuff that we're still confused about from What If. But that's it for this episode. So we want to thank all of you for watching. And MT, thank you to you. Another great series that was just Dude, made even better. Another one in you. the books, bro. Yeah. It's I love watching Marvel series with you, bro. I Me would too. not want it any other way. Me too. Uh, don't forget to check out our merch options at newrockstarsmerch.com. Follow me at EA Voss. Follow Mastertainment uh, at uh, Mastertainment. Follow <laughs> New Rockstars. Subscribe to Inside Marvel wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for watching, and we will close with our favorite moment of the episode. Can't say I've heard that battle cry before.